0: You're listening to the Fourth Estate podcast with your hosts, News Gadfly Marty Gurren, and award-winning religion journalist Bob Smatana, as we highlight some interesting and/or important stories from the last week while helping you think about the news. Thanks for joining. That actually, is, uh, that actually, is a good question. Why, uh, why, Superman is such a bad superhero?
1: But he's the best. He's a QB and greatest reporter. That's the best. You got a job. What's your job? I have to uncover secrets. Oh wait, I'm super. <laughs> I can type really fast. So, I can tweet.
0: So he's because the best. you're uh, because you're Clark Kent, and none of this stuff is uh, relating to actual being a reporter.
1: Yes, but but they get these movies get Superman wrong because of course they do. He's a farm boy. His parents, George and Martha Kent, fought good. People taking salt this of kid. the earth, so, and it's salt of the earth. Right? The immigrant comes to the country, he's welcome. It's an immigrant story. Two Jewish guys
0: R- made this guy up, okay.
1: But a middle America family from Kansas who taken the immigrant
0: kid, and but they didn't know he was an immigrant kid. They find he's in he spaceship,
1: lands in not, there.
0: Oh, did that happen? Oh, yeah, they spaceship land. I, lands dude, I know nothing about Superman. There's actually two or three except he's the worst superhero. I know that. No, he's the best, he's, he's the best, he's the worst. He's the worst. How in the world can he live on a planet and then go somewhere else and part of the planet almost kills him? Kryptonite. It's How just- can he live on a planet made out of kryptonite and it not affect him and he can still do whatever and super wrestling and all this other stuff and then he comes to Earth where he has boundless, almost limitless energy. And if somebody finds a rock from home, all of a sudden he's going it to. It must buy. be.
1: It must be a rock of. Uh, it's a certain dumb. Kind of, that part of kryptonite is dumb.
0: It's just dumb.
1: Unless kryptonite is a rock that makes Satchel's powers.
0: I, well, it's he lived rock, on kryptonite. He lived on kryptonite. Krypton. I is, know, but what was krypton made out of? Say it, Bob. Say it with me, Bob. Kryptonite. Was
1: the whole planet made
0: of? Or was it just? Far as far as I planet? know, I don't know anything about it, but. It just always seemed really dumb that, to me.
1: Kryptonite is a dumb thing unless it's a secret one that makes him less I mean it powerful. would be a
0: lot better to have something that was like like uranium. Something yes. that was on earth that was very hard to get to. You had to be a gazillionaire like Lex Luthor to be able to get to it or whatever.
1: Yeah, that must be it, it's like It it's,
0: just it, the whole that whole thing about kryptonite just it's it's like Tolkien's Eagles. That's what I it's, always go back to. It's, it's like, like the writers couldn't think of anything. Oh, that's just a rock from home. Oh, yeah. The will token do him is in. the
1: best. He's like, hey, I don't know. I got a plot point here. I can't figure out. I'm going to hit somebody with a <laughs> Here's stick. The oh wait, he fell. It's either he oh. or he gets knocked out and he wakes up and it's all been resolved. <laughs> but Superman said, like he's like if you were Superman, he's a farm boy from Kansas, do gooder, Boy Scout, wants to do what's good. He can't be grumpy. Was you he an actual Boy Scout? Uh, I'm sure he was. I d-
0: I do like your uh, your part about the fact that. That if he was really a Superman, then uh, Clark Kent should have won a Pulitzer.
1: <laughs> he should. Like, what else? What's your job? Your day job is finding out secrets. You can float outside the window of the super hearing. You can see through everything. And he's like, in this Man of Steel movie, Was like, I'm sure. So Man sad. of Steel is the worst movie it's ever. the worst movie ever. Okay,
0: folks, thanks for joining the Fourth Estate, more or less in progress. <laughs> uh, but now we're going to hop over to uh, our regularly scheduled programming since we have finished bashing on Superman. And the reason we were bashing on Superman is because our wicked awesome segment features the new Incredibles movie, The Incredibles Two, which apparently you've seen.
1: I actually have not seen it. Yet. You That's actually. Good. So
0: you're going to do a review of the movie, and you haven't seen it
1: uh, yet. No, I'm just going to complain about a review. Oh,
0: you're going to complain. You're going to review the review.
1: Can I read? The, I can read the beginning of this. right? You can
0: read the beginning of this. Okay, now with apologies to Ronan Farrow.
1: Yes, I'm. Oh, okay. So, okay, here's the here's a review of The Incredibles. Okay, a superhero movie about. You know, a Superheroes. Movie, and it's fun, and it's laughter. Like, you know, it's great. What a great movie. Okay. As a rule, any marriage in which one partner can willingly cry out to the other, Trampoline me! Inspires only envy and awe. In the heat of the action, that is what Mr. Incredibles says to Mrs. Incredibles in The Incredibles 2.
0: Mrs. Incredibles?
1: Mrs. Incredibles. And I'm disappointed to report... According to this review, that the action in question is merely the manic pursuit of a giant drill that is wearing through a crowded city and demolishing everything in its path, rather than a lazy afternoon in the marital boudoir with a door cl- discreetly closed. Come on, really? Is that what would...
0: it's? Apparently, like,
1: I hate. You know what the other thing is? What I is hate, it? Tell us. I hate movie reviews. <laughs> I do. I don't want to see. I do want to see The Incredibles. I want to see. Have a good time. I don't want to see this one. You know the movie I really don't want to see, though, is First Reformed. Have you heard about this?
0: Uh, the one with, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: The Paul Schrader did for Taxi Driver and Ethan Hawke. And the Ethan minister Hawk, yeah. is like, oh, my religion writers love this kind of stuff. He's like, oh, the world is so terrible. Oh, come <laughs> on. I know. I mean, most small towns, small min, small church ministers are not drinking themselves to death, right? That's true. I mean, they like. And they're also okay. not
0: going head to head with the head of like some giant conglomerate like, or something that's trying a church, to destroy the brand. country. But it's
1: like, come, oh, I'm just like. Well, first of all, I want if I want to see a religion movie, I want to see one that comes at it sideways. Like, so one night, my friends and I. We had a choice. I'd already seen The Passion of the Christ. Yes. I'd to review it. Yes. They're like, hey, we it was Good Friday. We had the day off. It's like, can we go see Passion of the Christ or Hellboy? Well,
0: let me guess what you went to we see. We went to see
1: Hellboy, which is a book of, what's the movie Passion, about predestination? Passion
0: of the Hellboy.
1: It's a movie about predestination. He's like, a demon, can he be saved? It's a great, the, the, I interviewed the, the uh, creative Hellboy, Mike McNullen, once. It's great. He's like, it's a predestined question, right? Can this demon? So be it's sick? kind of like
0: Bruce Almighty, in which a, a normal Joe gets all of God's powers or a significant amount of God's powers. And what would you do if you had them? Yeah. Well, this is. And more he like, realizes that. Yeah. Even with God's powers, you can't be God.
1: Yes, and this one is like he's predestined to be like the Antichrist, but he doesn't want to be. Okay. He wants to be a good guy. So can the, you know, this
0: was he name Damien.
1: No. No.
0: Well, then he can't be the it. Antichrist.
1: Well, in this movie he was. He was uh, great. He was his like, name I want to smoke. smoke su- no.
0: He didn't have a big blood. He, he was red and a demon
1: and had a giant horns and a tail. <laughs> and he was on fire. That's, that's pretty Right? So anyway, I, I don't know. I, I know movie reviewers. That's their job. Movie reviews are great. They're good people. They have to, like, make some kind of thing. I want to know, is there a good story? Is it make sense? Does it hold together? Are you going to enjoy this movie or is it going to make you think about something?
0: So, are you going, are you going to boycott The New Yorker because they. No,
1: I this? just. And then they have another one about it's called the authoritarian populism of The Incredibles, too. Oh, come on.
0: You think they're really? reading a bit into it?
1: I think they're reading a you lot into it. I think
0: they're reading it. a lot into
1: it. <laughs> I mean, it, The Incredibles has a great story, uh, like, right? If you have the superpower, you keep wrecking a city, pretty soon the people are going to be like, stop that.
0: Well, that was the storyline in The Avengers the, for the last yeah, two, and two and a half years. Movies, I mean, too. that's a
1: good. that's a good thing. But, you know, and the Avengers. Don't give me started. Like Captain America, right? The government comes up with a didn't secret plan. I did get you started, Bob. <laughs> the government comes with a secret plan. Captain America and the Winter Soldier, right? They come up with a secret plan to launch helicopters to kill almost half the world, right? And they well, stop them. Captain America stops them, and now he's an outlaw because he doesn't want to sign a, 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 a treaty because right. to keep the Superman <clears throat> in those lines. It's like, the superheroes are not the problem. The
0: government's the problem. <laughs>
1: In those movies, right? But isn't that the nature? I mean, isn't that kind of
0: the way the Captain America series is anyway? Yeah, Uh, Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I've been ranting too much. Winter Soldier is still my favorite of the superhero movies.
1: Oh, I like Ant-Man. Give me some Ant-Man.
0: Well, Dude. you're going to get Ant Man again. I know Ant Man and best. Wasp.
1: And Wasp was one of the original Avengers. I'm still mad. She's. I,
0: I think that's true. Yeah.
1: She. She. They find. They start by they're finding.
0: Gonna, they're going to work her back in at some point. They have to. She's great. That's why they got Evangeline Lily to Man, play Man,
1: I love that. I love that that, that movie.
0: Maybe they, maybe they'll all show up on Lost Island.
1: They will. Be be, like, hey. And then
0: it'll turn upside down. I mean, don't get me started on Wallace. Oh
1: gosh, don't get me started on Westworld. Have you seen any Westworld? I'm
0: not getting you started on anything. Westworld was good. The first season was good. You're a self starter with these rants. You don't <laughs> yes. need anybody to start you.
1: I want a story that comes from A to Z. You can have a bat. You can have a. Okay,
0: I'll tell you. A, I'll, I'll tell you a movie that I saw that was surprisingly good. Uh, not for kids, but. I mean, it's not like grotesque, but there's probably some stuff in it you wouldn't want small kids to see. Um, the Foreigner with Jackie Chan Ooh, and I haven't seen that Pierce Brosnan—totally unexpected. Now, of course, it's got some martial arts in it because Jackie Chan's oh, he's in it. The best, uh, but they also one of the things the directors did or director did that made it really, um, really impacting was Jackie Chan does not have a lot of lines in the movie. You know, Mm -hmm. his accent's still really thick. Yes, yes. And if he speaks a lot, it can get kind of wonky if you're going to be able to to understand everything that he's saying, which is fine, especially in movies like Rush Hour. So they didn't give him a lot of lines. Um, And he's playing a guy who is, like, close to his actual age. So everything that's taking place in the movie is not Jackie Chan trying to be thirty five years old, it's Jackie Chan being sixty eight years old or however much oh, okay, he however yeah. old he is. Uh and it's a it's a really well drawn story. It's it's totally plausible mm-hmm. um and his character is really, really well done. And so he's able he he communicates well. I mean he emotes well through his facial expressions through his body language. I mean, there's a lot of acting that he does that doesn't require him to speak. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a really, really surprisingly good movie, and I don't know why that came to mind when you were talking yeah. about what you were talking about. Yeah. Uh, news you need to know. So the big thing in the news uh, for the last several days is what's been going on at the border with kids being taken uh, from their parents when they come across the border. Uh, so I'll have a, several <clears throat> excuse me, several articles in the episode notes, uh, two from The Atlantic, one from The Weekly Standard, one from NBC, and then I found one this morning from NPR that was really helpful, and now I can't find it, so I'm going to try okay. to find it again. You've um, got Facts
1: and Trends. we got a helpful one.
0: Did you write it? I did write it. Okay, well, I may put it in there. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so anyway, anybody who's listening is going to know what's going on at the border. the The thing that I've been struggling to find out is – exactly how much of the same thing was happening before, because some of the same thing was happening before, but it wasn't exactly the same thing. And so how much has it changed over the last week and a half? Uh, the last thing I saw right before we walked into the booth was a news alert that said the president maybe uh, or is considering signing an executive order to stop uh, what apparently the attorney general had put into practice like ten days ago or six something weeks like ago. that. Six, it's has it been six, six weeks? Six weeks. Six weeks. Wow,
1: it's the change. Big change was six weeks. Ago. Okay,
0: um, so prior uh, and, and there has been some differential because in the middle of the previous administration, there was this flood of unaccompanied yes, yes. minors, most of whom were over ten years old. So mm-hmm. These were these were kids in the sense that they were minors, but they yeah. were most of them old enough. To travel, you know, yeah. several hundred miles uh, with other people, and then make their way to the border, unaccompanied by a parent or a responsible mm-hmm. adult. And so, you had thousands of kids showing up this way, and they were uh, there were at least two military bases that were converted. Some of the buildings were converted into temporary holding centers, uh, and those apparently did have like chain link fences. Kids were sleeping mm-hmm. on the floor. Yeah. Uh, pictures came out at that time, um, but even though the kids wound up in a similar situation, as far as separated from their parents and in a building operated by the U.S. government, they weren't being forcibly separated from their parents mm-hmm. as child, like as infants, yes, as infants, yeah, uh, and then not knowing exactly when or if there would be a reconciliation with their parents. And so now there's, yeah. There's rumors and perhaps even some evidence that some of these kids will never be reunited with Mm -hmm. their parents, never be reunited with a family member. They'll just go into the foster system and eventually wind up with an American family, and that'll be the end of the story as far as their reconciliation with their family goes. There'll be some who will be reconciled with family members who are already in the United States, Mm -hmm. Uh, and then there'll be some parents who will be granted asylum, and over the course of time, the parent and the child will be reunited. So the... There have been a lot of images. There was an audio recording that was released in the last couple of days of of some kids crying when they they couldn't be couldn't find their parents and those kinds of things. Um, now NBC is reporting that the cost of housing these kids, and this is just the ones who will be in what we're calling tent cities, which really look like United Nations refugee camp tents. I'm not saying they are the same thing, but they look the same thing. Look like the same thing that the cost of housing these kids in these tents while the parents are processed is going to cost more than if we kept the families together while the process was taking place. So there's a lot of confusion about it, and I would just encourage, uh, if you're listening, to find some of the long-form articles that are now being released because there is a difference, and I think it is a distinction that, that has a difference to it. Is, it, mm-hmm. is that the way you say the difference yes. with a distinction? It's very, di-
1: it's very different. The last six weeks have been very different.
0: The last six weeks have been different. Prior to that, it was different than the previous administration. Yes. Uh, but it was t- kind of two different scenarios. You had one where parents weren't involved at the border, one where parents were involved with the border. Previously, efforts had been made to keep families together as much as possible, uh, now the effort is to separate families as quick as possible. And uh, it's worth studying the rationale. It's worth studying whether this is effective, what the trauma is going to be on kids. Uh, why, the parent, why these people are still coming after all of this time, all of these years, many of them on you know repeated efforts, why they're still trying to cross the border through Mexico from some other Central American country like Guatemala or Honduras. Uh, so it's it's never as easy as these folks just want to come live off American tax dollars. Um, I, I doubt seriously that if you interviewed any of them at the border that their answer or any desire is going to well, be, oh, we want to come live off American tax dollars.
1: So a lot of it is because there's so much violence right now. I was talking to some folks from World Relief uh, and some other, um, and your friend Alan Cross. Yes. Working on this. So you have a lot of people leaving Central America because there's all kinds of violence there. And um, there is a loop. I mean, the whole problem with this thing is you have to be in the U.S. to apply for asylum. Mm-hmm. And we're not taking many refugees, so you can't apply for refugee status. Mm-hmm. So if you ha- want to apply for asylum because you're being chased out of your country mm-hmm. home, or you fear for your life, you have to be in the country. So people cross over, and the law says regardless of your immigration status, you can apply for asylum. Mm-hmm. So people would apply for asylum. And then there's what do you do while they're waiting for um asylum case to be, right. you lock them all up. And off, there's a you, huge backlog. There's a huge backlog. So that's months. our, that's, a, that's the, there's a big, huge backlog. We have yeah. to figure out like, because we have this giant crisis, but the, the root cause is all this violence in Central America. So how do you, how do you deal with people where?
0: How much of that is left over from previous American efforts to destabilize governments throughout oh, Central that, America? I that, mean, this is now, this is now not even questionable. This is not like rumor Oh yeah, no. A, this is a, documentable, yeah, no, for that a long in time. multiple Central American countries, over the course of years, the CIA and others were involved in destabilizing countries, sometimes for political ends, sometimes for business ends. Mm-hmm. Um, in other words, American multinational countries had a business interest in yeah, the Banana Republic, wherever, um, so that we would be involved in either directly or indirectly helping um, put down re- put down peasant revolts in order for the products to still be able to make it to market in America. Yeah. And so we destabilize the, the governmental situations, or we would empower wicked people in government uh, and allow them to destabilize their own governments or whatever. Um, how much of the violence that's going on now is is descended from that? Do you know? I, I
1: don't know, and some of it is probably drug-related. So, yes. Um, yeah, no, it's, I don't know. But I would think that there's drug-related violence, and then there's destabilized government violence and um, all kinds, and then civil war violence. Yeah. So you have long term problems in those countries. So people, where well, it's gotten worse. So, yeah.
0: I so, do. Th- I do think we have a um, we we do have a, a kind of a national amnesia uh, about what it means to be in those things. Since the last time that there's been anything like that in the United States was 1860s. Yeah. Um, we've never. Nobody in your family or mine our parents, our grandparents, our great-grandparents. I mean, my great-grandmother was born uh, probably 20 years after the Civil War. Mm-hmm. So we have to go back like four generations to find anybody in the United States that potentially, maybe even five generations, that potentially would have been an in-country refugee. So what we would now refer to as an internally displaced yeah, person. Yes, yeah. So they left left the Civil War, area and fled west, for instance, and set up camp and just waited for things to yeah. cool off. Um, it's, been, it's been that long since it's affected us in that way. There's never been a situation where people here have had to go to Canada to flee violence. Yes, now, yes. obviously, some people have gone to Canada. Uh, nobody's ever had to go to, you know, they've never had to get on a plane and go to England to flee violence. And I think we, some of this is we have no experience with what people in other parts of the world mm-hmm. go through. That require them, or that force them to be refugees, and require them to seek yeah. asylum in many instances. Um, I mean, I was reading uh, Mikhail Baryshnikov, the famous ballet dancer. Um, you know, he applied for asylum based on yeah. a uh, defection claim. So he fled the Soviet yeah. Union. I guess this was in the seventies. Uh, and in Canada, I think he was on the their company was on a tour, and he defected to the West and. Uh, applied for asylum through, I think, the Canadian embassy, and um, he. I read of another person, the girl uh, Kim. I can't think of her last mm-hmm. her, her name now, but the girl who was burned in uh, that famous picture from Vietnam. Yeah. Um, she grew up, became a believer, and she also, if I'm not mistaken, applied for uh, defected and uh, applied for asylum status while she was in a, in Canada. Um, so we don't. I mean. But Americans don't do that, yeah I mean, there are some Americans who defect, but yeah. you know nobody there's not this mass of people who are fleeing the country because of violence yes, or yes, civil war or no. whatever looking for help in Canada or looking yeah. for help in Brazil or something like that. And so there's this we don't have the ability within our uh, current generational memory mm. to touch. You know, my grandparents didn't tell me stories about what it was like to flee out west when the Civil War came. No. You know, yours didn't either. And well, no, so, my,
1: my, my grandfather, like, fled from Europe because well, the Nazis were— He was afraid the Nazis were coming. And so
0: what did he do? He fled.
1: <clears throat> he fled. He came—well, actually, it's funny. He went. To, came to the United States, fought, went back to fight in World War I, mm-hmm. got captured by Germans, escaped from a POW camp. Wow. Came back to the States after the war. war, or after the war, moved the whole family back to Poland— for a few years, they bought a farm. They were going to live there. And then they saw the Nazis coming. They're like, we're out of here. Wow. Soon. They're gone. But, you know. So that's why kids. you're here. We have, Yeah. We have lots of people who fled. Uh, so, But if you go to your churches, there are people who who have, I bet you, if you go to not most churches in mm-hmm. America, uh, especially if you've got anyone who's from Central, who's got family from South America, yeah. Central America, yeah. or Africa, they've been fly, fleeing violence. So I have a friend named uh, uh, Luis Fratamal. Luis when he was a, uh, in a college, was involved with uh, some folks. He was a supporter of the president of Chile before Pinochet. So Pinochet mm-hmm. takes over, overthrows the democratically elected government with help of US, the CIA. What if he had any help. <laughs> he had some help from the CIA, and, and Luis is in jail. And he, he gets converted in jail, becomes Christian, comes to the states. Now he's a pastor. Okay. But you know that's thirties. But the, he's got first-person memories of fleeing, so the the answer can't be everyone can move to America. But the answer has to be like we we have to have some kind of system to well, do. Not everybody us. wants to move to America. No, that's no. not even that's not even a question. Even want to move
0: yeah, um, you know. So I mean, yeah. obviously, there's whole conversations about how many uh, how many refugees and immigrants we can take in a yeah. year and. How many skilled versus unskilled yeah. and I mean all those are legitimate questions they' are legitimate conversations that probably should be being had that aren't ever being had because nobody ever you know the people who can do something won't do anything um, but it does uh, I think it does behoove us to know yeah. what the facts are about these yes. things and not just react either emotionally because it is emotional to hear yeah. kids crying and to see um, <clears throat> Kids you know standing on the side of the road in the dark while their parents are being frisked and them not knowing what's going on, and all those things are tragic yeah. um but we also need to know the other side of it, which is why are they coming, and mm-hmm. are there better processes than the processes that we have in place because this this isn't new the immigration rate across the border, people coming across the border seek either seeking permission or not seeking permission fluctuates it goes yes. up and down. It trailed off during the, the tail end of the last administration mm-hmm. after having risen during the last administration. Yeah. Now it's you know rising some again. Um, so anyway, so, uh, yeah, no, a lot yeah. of questions. It's really important, and I think it's important for believers to know how to respond to these things. Uh, even if we disagree on the politics side, yes. we have to know how to uh, comport ourselves in mm-hmm. a way that leads with love rather than leading with, get these, you know, nasty people out of my country.
1: And and I think, so Alan Alan Cross had a great line about this being a moral and political crisis and needing to speak biblically. Mm -hmm. But How does God want to care for people? So Mm -hmm. even in this crisis, how do we care? Do we lock them all up? Do we separate kids? Is is this the kind of, because as citizens we have influence on Mm -hmm. how our country acts, is this the way in which we want the country to, treat people. Right. So, hey, so you're a pastor. Yes. So we got That's the we two minutes. Do we have we two minutes? Yeah. I need a metaphor. Okay. I'm trying to think of a metaphor to understood, to write about the, the transformation of American society because okay. we're caught in the middle, right? Okay. Between the old America. So how old are you? Uh,
0: I am 54 and okay, nearing so 55. I'm 50,
1: so, so when you were born, 85% of Americans were white.
0: Yes. Most of them were Christians. Well, they would claim Christianity. They would claim Christianity. They self and Christian. Yes, they had a
1: TV in the the living room that they watched yes. Andy Griffith together. On. Yes. Today, we're in mo- the next America. What Pew calls the next America is a multi-ethnic, mm-hmm. with no per- group is um, with Sup- no super no super dominant ethnic group. No the, ethnic, the, the, group. Yeah, yeah, no no ethnic majority. Yeah, uh, where. Uh, it's going to be pluralistic religion yep. all, Christians won't be the top so we have a, a secular group of people and some religious people but it'll be a mix and our technologies we're all, sim- we're all uh, solo casting yes. we all got our own channel yes so we're caught between and more two. people
0: need to be listening to this one
1: <laughs> yes you gotta listen to this podcast because it's wicked awesome <laughs> so we're in the middle we're in a transformation yes. so I wanted to say I was trying to write a piece like you know being in America is like being a werewolf or being a butterfly or a bad 60s song so you know, you ever seen a werewolf movie? There's a transformation, right? A metamorphosis.
0: The best werewolf movie is Abbott and Costello Meet yes. Frankenstein. That's the best werewolf movie.
1: They don't have a good. They don't have that good Jack Jack uh, Nicholas transformation in uh, what was that called when he was a
0: uh, Jack Nicholas? Oh, Jack Nicholson. The golfer.
1: Jack Nicholson. 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 <laughs> when he was a, uh, it's
0: yeah, it's kind of a comedy, isn't it?
1: And it's, no, it's kind of a dark. Is it really? Yeah. Is that what Michelle Pfeiffer? No, you're thinking about American Werewolf in London. Oh, which, uh, which is a which is comedy. But uh, anyway, you have London, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you have this transformation, a metamorphosis, right. which is painful and ugly. Right. So it could be a butterfly. We're in the chrysalis. We could be a werewolf change because werewolf, but werewolf sounds negative.
0: Werewolf is definitely not going to turn out with a positive. Yes. yes. Vibe. Maybe So maybe if you butterfly, like a were dog, yes. a werebasset basset hound.
1: Yes, or or metamorphosis. Or or we're like that 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 and we're like that sixty song stuck in the middle with you you know we're all stuck is in that this from middle sixties or seventies stuck I in set. the middle I know the with you Joker's so, on the left Joker's on the left so anyway I need a, I need a, we need a metaphor to understand like this in between time we're all stuck together where we're not where we were and we're not where we're going and everyone's unhappy because that's the bigger well, I, thing of this
0: I tell you what it's it's like being right now it's like being in a traffic jam.
1: Mm. Traffic so you're not bad. at home,
0: Yeah, you're not at your destination, and nobody seems to be moving very fast. And no one's very happy about and it. And nobody's very happy about it. There's right. your metaphor.
1: Okay, traffic jam. That's good. Because you're not at home, you're not at your destination, and everybody's miserable.
0: And, and all you can do is think about how much gas you're burning and whether you're going to run out before you get to a gas and station. And
1: everybody's trying to think of like, hey, I need to get my way.
0: And everybody's podcasting from it's the backseat. <laughs> but
1: really, like, and people who used to not have a voice have a voice, and they're like, right. hey, we're going to, and actually everyone is fighting at the wheel about where we're going. Yeah. Because that's part of this thing. Is and everybody's got to go to the bathroom. Yep. <laughs> yes. So we're all in the backseat. We know where we're going. we got to go to the bathroom. We're stuck in a traffic jam. We just have to realize you that. Write your story. All right. Because we, we we just got to recognize it's going to be miserable. It's going to be, it's going to be, Uncomfortable for a long time. When we get to next America, and it's going to be different than it was, but we ain't going. We're not going back. Right. You can't turn around and get. There's no exit off this highway. But uh, this is, and this is part of it, right? This is the we we don't want. Well, this certain, happens. Yeah.
0: Here's the here's the thing about those kinds of transitions. They do happen. Yes. The question is are we going to help them happen in a positive way? Yes. Or are we going to default to kicking and screaming to where the inevitable is going to happen anyway, but a lot more people get hurt and frustrated and mad and stay, you know, PO'd about it for years and years and years or till they die, you know? And
1: and I think you do got to recognize that, that you have demographic, economic, technological, religious, social... Transformations Like, everything we understood about America got thrown in a blender, and we're spinning around. We're like, and I don't we don't know how it's going to come out. Yeah,
0: I don't know if, if we yet really know what the impact of technology is on the rest of those. No, you're right. Um, I remember uh, Eisenhower saying in his farewell address that the uh, military-industrial complex would affect the spiritual life of America. I think it's one of the most overlooked but oh, yeah. most important insights of in, that any politician has ever given uh, about the American situation. Uh, I would update that to say we really don't know what the technological mm-hmm. revolution, yeah, what right. influence that's going to have on sociology and spirituality and economics and all those kinds of things. Yeah. Some of it we can see, obviously, but uh, time will tell with a lot of it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, we have one God beat story. Uh, time about. for one God-beat story. Uh, I want to hear about the Episcopalians having to give back 29 oh, so churches this in is South a, Carolina.
1: This is a fantastically interesting story.
0: So the, Well, it doesn't the, sound like the, a fantastic story. The,
1: well, it's <laughs> a fascinating story, right? Okay. So, the, the Episcopal Diocese of South Carolina is older than the country, it's older than the Episcopal Church. Wow. People think that's one of the first places Episcopalians came.
0: So it would have been Anglican when it started, Anglican I when it started. Okay. So
1: then they joined the Episcopal Church, and the Episcopal Church sometime, I think it's in the 60s or 70s, but at some point put in these rules called the Dennis Canon, which says- you Dentist? Dennis. Dennis. Dennis, Dennis Canon. Okay. Which says that all property is held in trust for the denomination. Yes, I remember that. It's in held trust because it's been a long time. So, so- at, the Episcopal Church is going through a lot of turmoil. So, <laughs> since the early two thousand, I mean, since the early two thousands, the the diocese of South Carolina and the Episcopal Church have been feuding. Mm-hmm. So, and they tried to, I think they tried to depose. Well, depends on who you ask. The two sides did not; they were headed for a divorce. Okay. So, I think the Episcopal Church, if I understand it right, made a move to get rid of the bishop there, saying that he'd abandoned his duties to the national church.
0: Okay.
1: And around the same time, the diocese said, we're leaving. We're taking all this property with us. So they have all the people in the possession of all the people, pretty much, and all the property. And okay. they've been fighting the courts ever since. So the state Supreme Court said, you get to keep most of this property. It's worth about $500 million. So, well, Five, the state $500 courts, million. 500 million okay. dollars, 29 churches, a campground. So, actually, several, a lower court said, the diocese gets keeps the property. And there's actually a South Carolina South Episcopals in South Carolina like a like a remnant diocese yeah, yeah. that's loyal to the national church. Okay. So they've been fighting these folks. I mean it's a really it's it's a very ugly legal feud mm-hmm. as legal feuds go. So then the state supreme court goes, "No." Cuz the state the supreme court courts have two choices when they uh, resolve property things. If you're a hierarchical church, they have to follow they they don't get involved. They say you've got to follow the hierarchical rules.
0: So they tell you you have to follow the rules, but they don't tell you what the rules are. Yeah, they don't, don't tell you, so you what the rules
1: are, but they say whatever the denomination says, you've got you to follow to be. those because we're not going to get involved. In, right. And we don't get involved with in doctrine who's the right one, but if you have those rules. Or they can just follow trust laws in the state. And so the trust laws in the state in South Carolina would say, well, you can't make a trust after the fact. After you've already had these properties, somebody can say, well, I have a trust interest in this. hmm so the state Supreme Court, though, said, no, we're going to go with the hierarchical side. And this the, the um, now the, the U.S. Supreme Court last week said we're not going to look at it. So, And actually in Minnesota, they decided a different thing. In Minnesota, a, a Presbyterian church, even though it have similar rules in there, that state is just by trust, and so they get to keep their property. Mm-hmm. So you have two conflicting rulings, state by state. But it, now what is South Carolina going to do? Now they've got a lower court... Now they're going to fight back in lower court over how they transfer these buildings. But here's the dilemma they have there. The Anglican group, who's been split away for a while, has all the money, all the people. Okay. Or most of the people. The national church, through this local diocese, is going to have all these buildings. But no people. Wow. And no money. So what are they going to do? And and the Episcopal tell us, Bob, presiding bishop, or they still trying become to become a superstar. He was at the at the royal wedding, Michael Curry. Uh, Curry, yeah. So can he bring peace to these two warring things? Or are they just going to fight it out for? Because if if you can say
0: canon, he bring peace. Can
1: He bring peace. Because if you, it's right, 'cause Because I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. But like if you, if all these people were just to say, we leave, we're leaving, bye, or even half of them, or three quarters. So three quarters of people in that diocese, is like. Leave, uh-huh. then those churches, like if you had twenty churches, where three quarters of the congregation left or half, right. then they'd be ba- they wouldn't be able to keep it up. Right. So you'd have a bunch of empty. What are you going to do with this? They're worth five hundred million dollars, but they're not
0: because the the attendees would be taking their current current monies and going and elsewhere going somewhere right?
1: else. And who's going to buy all those buildings? It's, they're worth that much money only if you have congregations that want yeah. them. It, yeah. You know, if if it's and a big old, old a building and nobody wants it, yeah. Or those buildings are never going to be churches again. So what do you do? Wow. It's a really great story that no one is talking
0: about. A bunch of houses of blues coming up. Yes. So, <laughs> well, thanks story. for listening to The Fourth State. Um, we kind of started and didn't introduce ourselves, but that's cool. Uh, you can follow me at Marty Duren, uh on Twitter. You can follow Bob at Bob Smetana. That's or or S-M. at com. Oh, your website's. Are you doing something again? BobSmitana.com. I have a little bit of
1: a blog called the Sweet Jesus Blog.
0: And that's S M I E T A N A com. Did you make a decision on your, uh, your avenue, email? So,
1: so my my daughter, who's helped me as an intern, she's the underpaid intern at BobSmetana.com. I would guess that she's the
0: unpaid intern. The underpaid? No, I'm oh, paying. Her. Oh, you are paying her.
1: Yes, she's getting some tuition help and she's getting some money. <laughs> she's not underpaid, but she likes to be. It's a great fun. But but we had to poll to see if I would be yeah. Bob at BobSmetana.com. Yeah. But oh, the wicked awesome would have been good. But what what one is overlord? at Bob's, <laughs> So, so, I haven't set it up yet because I got I no a it. No wonder you like site. Superman. Overlord at
0: overlord Bob's, at BobSmetana.com. <laughs> Good or, night. Or okay. you can follow
1: me at bobsmatana, or you can just go to my site, bobsmatana.com, and his email there. Have go. me come talk to you. I want to still, no one has asked me to go to Australia oh, to preach yes. a revival. Oh, yeah. So, if
0: you're down under and you're listening, then uh, Bob re extends his offer to come do a combination revival, worship seminar. He'll lead worship, he'll preach. And he'll do a seminar on uh, journalism and anything else that he can think of and while he's there if you'll have him come and do and something. And we'll sing Hippie church.
1: Jesus songs. The fact, oh, Marty right. and I sing could come, he could preach the revival, <laughs> I'll lead you in Hippie Jesus songs, and we'll talk about the news.
0: That'd be all right. We could do that. <laughs> so all right. the so Bob and Aussies. Marty show,
1: coming to Church New We just need somebody to invite come us.
0: Come on, Aussies. And I would, I would extend that to the Kiwis, too. So if you're a New Zealander— I- then uh, we we would come to your place as well.
1: I would extend it to listeners here in America. You want us to go somewhere and talk about stuff and put on a good show and have a good time and sing some hippie Jesus song. Oh, you know I saw something?
0: Then you can then you can email Overlord at BobSmetana <laughs> and
1: we will or just get, just get to us get in touch with us. We'll find you.
0: That's right. Oh, also uh, at T Four E Podcast on Twitter. And until next time, this is Marty Duran.
1: And I'm Bob Smetana
0: for the Fourth State Podcast. Thanks a lot.